Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group on, at, uh, at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bo Knows Show is our handle. You can email us anytime at show at gmail.com. This is episode 61.5, and as always in the .5 pod, I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind. My co-host, Ellen Wingenter. Ellen, how are you today? I'm doing all right, though. How are you? I'm okay. I'm stumbling on myself a little bit here in the intro that said this morning, but... That's okay. It's Friday. It's time to start unwinding for the, the weekend and from a busy yeah. week. Hey, well, we're recording Friday morning and uh, get this out hopefully this afternoon, tonight, whenever it gets out. Um, but we've been, you and I haven't done a point five in two weeks. We've had a couple of things come up. I had a personal thing with some family last week and then weekend before our schedules just didn't match. So yep. it, it's nice to see you again. We do this on the Zoom so I get to see you. I miss your smiling face. <laughs> it's it's good to see you. Yep. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, but we're going to try to keep this. We're not going to go three hours or anything crazy like that. But I wanted to start, there is some breaking news today, Friday morning. So I'm glad we didn't record last night. Tom Brady is officially a bachelor again. Yep. He is, uh, there's, he and uh, Giselle? Giselle, uh-huh. Giselle, yeah. Giselle, they, uh, they filed for divorce and announced publicly that they are getting divorced. Uh, this is right after Brady and the Bucks lost again last night. They lost five in a row. Uh, they're going three and oh, they're now three and five. Um, pretty crazy. It was a week and a half ago that I said, if the deal is Giselle's going to leave, if he doesn't, if he keeps playing football, quit football. You know, it was interesting. I was at physical therapy this morning for my ACL. And I was talking to my physical therapist, who's a huge football fan, huge Patriots fan, because she's from greater Boston area. And she kind of looked at me as we were wrapping up and she goes, do you think it was just because he unretired from football? And I was like, no, man, that, that can't have been the reason. There's a whole lot more going on. Of course, we also know that he um, kind of dropped his baby mama of his first child to get with Giselle, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. both of them being models. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure he's the most up and up guy, frankly, at least in uh, interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, my whole thing first off is I did like in their, in their statement and I'm not going to read this whole statement out, but it, it was, um, the statement said to the effect of, you know, our children come first and this, this and that. And, and I like that. I like that they're, you know, the kids are coming first and I'll worry about all that. And mm-hmm. that's all that really matters. You know, it is. And, and I mean, I have to imagine the prenups were ironclad going into this yeah, because each of them were independently wealthy before they got together. Yeah. I mean, they were both. I mean, I think she's as well-to-do as he is, if not oh, more yeah. so. So I don't think this is going to be that big a deal when it comes to all that. And I think in the end, also, 
I'm a firm believer in this, whether it's celebrities or just individuals, we never know what's happening between two people in a relationship. Oh, no. It's my relationship, your relationship, or anybody else's. And so I I believe in, I'm a, I believe in keeping those things confidential and and not prying. If somebody wants to talk to me about something, I'll listen if I'm a friend, but I'm not going to go out of my way to, to prod and and get into that. So I'm not going to, really give a shit what happens to here with Brady, Tom Brady and, and, and Giselle. It's one of those things where I hope the best for both of them. Sure. It's, it's fun to make jokes about it. You know, you know, who is she going to call Zach Wilson now? You know, that kind of thing. Or, <laughs> you know, or, you know, who's he going to date next? You know, that's, that's fun fodder. But in the end, let's be respectful of two people who have children together and, you know, who, it, who are very public people. And, you know, when you're dealing with that in the public eye, it's got to be difficult. So, you know, I, in my in my view, I don't. I'm looking at it from the football side of this now, and I'm thinking, well, if that was a reason that he was playing so bad, maybe that'll help. But I watched the game last night. That ain't why he's playing bad. So um, that's going to be a lot of the focus of discussion around this. That. He was distracted. He's upset. He's going through a lot of personal issues, just like all of us do on our day-to-day jobs. Playing football is just his job. And um, I have no doubt I've been through a divorce. It can be very distracting. But to your point, he's not the only one that's involved in this job of his. He has a whole roster. And uh, I don't think we even made it to halftime of that game last night because Thursday night football is actually really awful and hard to watch. Yeah. It was – last night's game was bad. Um, I watched the game. I watched it. I watched the whole thing. And I'll tell you that about the game itself, um, it's real simple to see why the Bucks aren't winning. One, he's not good. He's just not playing well. But also, they're asking him to do too much. Yeah. He, they're asking a 44-year-old man who's lost it arm-wise to go out there and throw the ball 40-plus times. Which is ridiculous. It is. Um, I noticed in each of the last each of the games they've lost, they have thrown the ball way more than they've run it. You know, a couple weeks ago, there was like 49 passing attempts to seven rushes. Mm-hmm. They got Leonard Fournette. That's what I don't understand. Run the football. I mean, if you look, I would even late in the game. I don't know if you were watching it, paying close attention, but I was watching it with my wife and and Jen and I were talking. And they get down. Okay, so they're down eleven. Eleven or was okay. It doesn't matter. They're going. They score the touchdown. They're going to go for two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is my five. So they get the touchdown. They're now down. Five, they're going to go for two so they can then kick an onside kick. Okay. They line up and they, it, it's, they, there's a penalty that puts it on the one instead of the two. And I'm just looking at Jen going, hand the ball to number seven. This is an easy play call for me. I mean, they line up because anytime they wanted a yard or three, three yards, they're uh-huh. able to hand it to Fournette and get it. He gets it. I look. They hand the ball, but they don't have Fournette on the field. 
They had White on the field at running back. That's who they handed to. But they were doing that because they were trying to get cute to make everyone think they were going to throw the ball because of the formation and who the back was. Uh-huh. They're trying to say, well, if Fournette's in the game, it's an obvious run. It doesn't matter. You got to block and you got to run. Run the football. The teams that are successful right now are the ones running the football. Kansas City Chiefs are running the football. The yep. Buffalo Bills are running the football. Yeah. Um, the, the Philadelphia Eagles are running the fuck out the ball. Everybody who's good runs the ball. It, it's yeah. ridiculous. And I would be curious um, to see how much impact Bruce Arians is still having since he's an advisor to yeah. the team. And if that's part of it, I don't, I don't know. And I don't know if part of it is maybe Tom thinks this is his only outlet of happiness and whatever else. And so he's just going to scramble to do whatever he can to be the hero. Yeah. But either way, it's not good. No, he's not playing well at all. And it's, I mean, I, I joked last year, I thought he was washed up. He's washed. Like he's like, He's one of the bottom five quarterbacks in the NFL this year. I mean, at this point, I think we could probably safely assume that he came back to football because he needed football as a distraction from his personal life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that big part of it also was that he didn't want how the information got out there. He didn't. He wasn't able to control the narrative when he – when he retired, the information got out before he announced it. And I think that was part of it too. It's kind of like, a, Oh, well, you know, if I'm going to do this my way, I'm going to do something. I think there was something to that too. And that's a really weird ego flex. It is. If you look at, I mean, what is he going to come back next year just to prove that he isn't awful and then be awful again? I don't know, but he has some serious, Johnny United, San Diego Chargers vibes going right now. I mean, he's yeah. awful. He's like Archie Manning on the Minnesota Vikings bat. He's, you know, Willie Mays, New York Mets bat. It, it's just, this is not good for him. And yeah. I said a week ago, if it meant saving his marriage, I absolutely would have gone public and said, hey, I'm quitting. I'm going to retire right now. And here's why, because this is too important to me personally. And he would have been thought of as a hero for doing that. Now, clearly there was more to it. Yes. And the immediacy of now that we know they are divorcing, divorcing, it isn't just separation. Obviously there's more to it. And so that wasn't a possibility a week ago, but if it was God, I mean, you come on, come on, talk about going to another level of, of, of manhood in this culture today. That would have been huge to say, hey, this is for my personal, you know, I, I'm sorry to the team, to the fans, to everybody else, but I have to do this for me and my family. Yeah. I, we'll never know. We'll never know. Because he ain't going to tell shit. Nope. And he doesn't have, he doesn't know that to us either. No, he doesn't. He doesn't know. People who feel that he does are mm-hmm. misplacing their thoughts about what athletes are uh famous people owe them at all that's well put yeah i I agree with that yeah 
Well, let's get to some happier news. Okay. Baseball fans. Yes. Tonight is game one of the World Series. It is. We got the Philadelphia Phillies, the Houston Astros. And I couldn't be more happy with this matchup. I really like both these teams. I'm rooting for the Astros, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be mad at the Phillies win. And there's literally like nobody that I dislike in this whole series. Okay. Like that's, there's no one to root against for me, which is weird. I, I was so happy with how the Astros put the Yankees away. If you listen to Monday's <laughs> pod, it was all over how I was just, I was recording while that game ended. And I, then I did appreciate your coda on uh, oh. Monday's podcast. Oh yeah. The best one of that, if you did, you know, the, the, the whole, the Yankees win. Have you ever seen the David Ortiz version? Not that I know of, no. I'll have to send it to you. I might post it on, on Twitter as well. There's a video of him on the Fox postgame show going, mm-hmm. duh, Yankees lose. And A-Rod is sitting next to him. And A-Rod just oh, goes, wow. And he, like A-Rod just can't do anything about it. And Ortiz is giving it to him. And God. now they've taken that and gone like to another level. You know, the internet is undefeated. And oh, always. The internet is taking this to like a, a, a SpongeBob SquarePants kind of like remix. Okay. I will get him and I will get him on. I'll, I'll put him in our Twitter feed, the Coach Bono's podcast Twitter feed this weekend. It, it's really funny, funny stuff. Right. It's on. like the Jankies lose. And it, when Ortiz says Yankees, it, it sounds like Jankies. Yep. It's even better. It's just, as a Red Sox fan, it's great to see the Yankees lose. <laughs> and so competitive. It's so bad. I mean, with four games to none, you know, they can't. Aaron Boone was making excuses after game two. Like, you know, well, you know, they opened the dome and this and that. Or closed the dome. They'd opened right. the dome. We would have had two home runs. It's like, what about your games at Yankee Stadium? <laughs> you guys played like shit. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, fire, they and, fire Aaron Boone. And I think there was so much reliance on Aaron Judge to come through and just homer him through the playoffs. And that's pretty unfair. I mean, I don't know. We both picked the Astros to win the World Series. Again, I don't really care, but I would be on the bandwagon with the Phillies at this point because they're having a lot of fun. Um, Bryce Harper wants this more than anything else. Yeah. He's played incredible. Um, And you've got Schwarber. You've got some guys on the team that have World World Series winning experience. And um, I really, I wouldn't be surprised if the Phillies are able to do it. And then Philly in and of itself will burn and it'll be quite interesting to watch. It's, it's, Philly fan is always interesting. Um, I do agree with you on, the, on, on all that. Now, I'm rooting for the Astros because, I mean, I just – I like the Astros. My boy Bregman, I just – that's my, that's my dude. You know, Aaron Nola, who's a former LSU guy, is on the, mm-hmm. the Phillies. I'm rooting for him. Bryce Harper is one of my favorite, you know, top – tippy top players. I mean, he's, he's mm-hmm. great. The thing I do like about Bryce Harper, and I, and I got to admire for this offseason, is you mentioned the Aaron Judge thing. And Aaron mm-hmm. Judge played really poorly in the playoffs this year. Yep. Mookie Betts played very poorly in the playoffs yes. this year. Uh, it, 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 
on at the, at the, at the, at the box in the, at the in the batter's box. Um, but if you know, and when you see like Trout hasn't been there but one time, right? When you are a superstar, you ex- are expected to go to like this next level in the playoffs, and it is actually pretty rare. Mm-hmm. I mean, like in our lifetimes, the two guys are Jeter and Ortiz that have done right. That. They go to another level of play. I will say, I think in our lifetime, I think David Ortiz is the best postseason player in the history. I mean, he might be in the history of the entire game. I mean, he's he goes <laughs> to a level that nobody else has gone to in the postseason. Rice Harper has done that this season. Yes. And Kyle Schwarber's been great. And I know you're a big Schwarber guy. There's the guy, and I am too. You know, and and you know, he's a former Cub. You know, you have a soft spot in your heart for him. Of course. But Bryce Harper has reminded the world that, hey, yeah, there's Trout and there's Otani and there's Betts and there's these great players. I'm just as good. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, if I remember correctly, it was the year after he went to Philly, the Nationals won the World Series. So, you know, he was supposed to be the guy for the Nationals and never quite got there and now he yeah. can do it for the Phillies and that's a lot of fun yeah and Bryce Harper has had a career that is amazing when you think about when he was 16 years old and in high school he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as the next big thing right you know that's like LeBron kind of stuff yeah and it's so hard to fulfill like the prophecy if you will and Bryce Harper's done it. I mean, he won the he MVP has. last year. He's been fantastic. He's getting better. And now he has a chance to win the World Series. Yep. Like I said, I will not be mad if Bryce Harper wins the World Series, even if he, even if he beats the Astros. It's just, he's phenomenal. Yeah. And there's yeah. so many players to root for in these games. You've got Harper and Schwarber, Reese Hoskins on the, on the Philly side. I like Aaron Nola a lot on the Philly side. It's I mean, just those four guys alone are worth rooting for. Then on the Astros, you've got Verlander. Mm-hmm. Jordan Alvarez in the postseason has become the next big poppy. I mean, he's just gone to a whole other level in the postseason in his career. I know a lot of folks don't like Jose Altuve because of the cheating scandal or whatnot. Right. I have to think he's a Hall of Famer. And then my guy, Alex Bregman, I think is like the stir, the stir, the straw that stirs the drink for that whole team. When he's hot, they're unbeatable. And he's been hot in the playoffs. So um, Verlander is going to do something that hasn't been done but one other time. Verlander and Roger Clemens are the only two players who have pitched in the World Series in three decades. Oh, wow. That's that's crazy. I heard it this morning. Yeah, Verlander, when he pitches in, in – is he pitching game one? I haven't even looked. I would think he would be. I mean, because yeah. that game one's tonight. It is tonight, yes. Let me look. Who is pitching the game one? I did not look to see who they were. It's Verlander versus Nola, which is going to be a really great matchup. That'll be great. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's going to be pretty fantastic. Yeah, when he pitches tonight, he'll be the first, only the second player, only Roger Clemens has pitched in a World Series in three decades. That's crazy. Because Clemens was with the 86 Red Sox. Yep. He had the, in the 90s, he was with the Yankees, and then with the Astros in the early 2000s. Yeah. Now Verlander with 
the, the Astros last two, you know, for the 2010s, 2020s, and the Tigers back in the 2000s. That, yeah, that's a fascinating stat. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to have a 20-year career to do that. I mean, think about that. That's... And it just doesn't, it doesn't happen in professional sports anymore, especially yeah. with pitchers, because they just, they burn themselves out and get used up and thrown away. Yeah. And in Dustin Verlander's case, you know, he's 30, he's 38. I'm pulling it up here now. Um, but he's coming off Tommy John surgery. He missed right. all last season. Um, he's 39. I'm sorry. He's 39. He turns 40 in, in February. You know, and there was a lot of people talking about it. he just would retire, you know, after right. having John surgery. He got all the way back. He's going to win the Cy Young, which, I mean, it's, I mean, they haven't announced it yet, but he's going to win it. And he fought all the way back, and now he's going to hit the Cy Young, and he's playing in the World Series. Man, that's a fantastic way to go out. Yeah, hell of a career. Good for him. And he's got an even better wife than Tom Brady. <laughs> hey, man, he, that man, if there's anyone who's hit the Powerball of life, it is Justin Verlander. A 20-year career, 20-year Hall of Fame career. Right. Pitched in the World Series three different decades, and he's married to Kate Upton. I mean, it's a nice combination, to be clear. That's, uh, yeah. I did think it was kind of cool kind of cool after the I don't know if you watched the game four when the uh when the Astros beat the Yankees. No. On all huh? the post game, they kept they kept they interviewed everybody and whatnot. And there's the cameras are still on in this in the in this on the stadium and in the stadiums. Huh. And Verlander and, and Kate Upton are just walking around on the field. They're like the last ones to leave. I mean, how like, cool he, is that? He was taking it all in. He could, yeah. He's going to retire, I think. I think he's – I don't know what his contract status is. I guess I can look it up, but I'm not going to. But you can tell he's taking it all in. And that tells me that he knows this sure. is his last run of this. Even though this Astros team is good and can make another run next year. And he maybe he comes back next year. I don't know. Again, I don't know what his salary situation is. But, well, and I mean, if he wants to, it's not always yeah. salary driven. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, I mean they got. It ain't like they're poor. And you know, so what's his body feel like? Yeah. How how has that surgery recovery really gone after a full season and postseason? And you know, either way, I think it's great. Yeah. All right. Give me a pick. Who you got? Gonna give me a give me a winner for the World Series and an MVP. Um, you know what? Although I I picked the Astros on the front end, I'm gonna go Bryce Harper as an MVP with a Phillies win. So I was thinking about this last night, and I said yep. she's gonna pick the Phillies and Bryce Harper. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also gonna be predictable. I'm gonna pick the Astros. Yep. And Alex Bregman. Okay. I actually bet on Bregman on Caesars. Okay. He would, so he was uh, twelve to one when I bet. So not bad odds. I only bet ten dollars. You know, again, we talk keep yeah. it clear on this. So speaking of Caesars, let's just get this out of the way. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been making our picks. Now, you've been dominating me in the picks contest here. I have. You, you, uh, you, you know, because I make three picks a week, and you, you do the one. But last week you did three, and you went. Oh, I gotta get my numbers here. I had them. You were one or two and one. You had the one loss. You had KU, and they didn't pull it off for you. They did not uh, cover you the spread. Twice. Here we go. Yeah. So I went one, one, and one again. Unbelievable. Yeah. 
I've done this twice in a row now. <laughs> so you can, we're gonna do, now we got our Caesars picks of the week, Caesar Sports Book. You know, check them out. They're in the show notes. You got the link. You get a free bet. Whatever you risk on your first bet, they will pay you back up to twelve hundred and fifty dollars. You can don't bet, bet it if you don't have it. Yeah, you don't bet it if you don't have it. But if you got twelve, if you got an extra twelve hundred bucks and you want to bet it on one of my picks this weekend, which I think are really good, don't fade my actions. I'm not coming back. Then <laughs> bet with me, and we're going to make this money. And if you lose, they're going to they're going to treat you up with free with free uh, free picks from there, free uh, free bets from there. Uh, you also get extra fifty dollars when you use our link as well. So you get fifty dollars bonus plus your first bet back on if you lose on Caesars. Check them out. We thank Caesars for sponsoring. So this week, are you ready with your picks, or do you need a second still? Because you you you've been picking KU every week, and then you, they don't buy this week, so you're kind of screwed well, both here. Both KU and the Chiefs are on bye weeks, but now that we're in NBA season. Um, I'm going to continue to ride the Nuggets. I am actually going to the, the Jazz Nuggets game tonight because Otai Abaji is going to be in town uh, playing up against Christian Brown, little Natty Championship rematch. So I have a Christian Brown story for you off the air. <laughs> um, you know, CB's actually been playing really well early in the season and getting a lot more minutes than I ever anticipated him getting um my other random so you're, picking, you're picking the, the the nuggets are an eight point favorite yep you take the nuggets minus eight or are you playing the money line uh nuggets to win nuggets to win so the money line so on the money line i will money however line. take michigan state to cover because last i saw they were around a 21 24 point dog against mm-hmm. Michigan, big rivalry weekend. Um, and I think Michigan State's going to cover. Okay, let me go and get my number on that. Uh, I'm actually pulling this up on the Caesars app right now as we do this. Michigan State, this is great to just be talking in dead time when I can't find this. Michigan State, Michigan State, where are we at? Michigan State. I'm seeing 23 right now. So. Okay, yep, against Michigan. You're taking yep. Michigan State plus 23. Not a bad bet. That's not a bad. You know, I was going to talk about that a little bit. Those are your two picks, or are you taking another one? Nope. This is it. Okay. So you got the Michigan State plus 23, and then yep. Denver on the money line, which is a negative 350 bet, which means you got to bet $350 to win $100. Correct. So keep that in mind with your money bets. I like money line bets sometimes, too, and it's, it's a good way to – if you got that underdog that you really think is going to win, the money line's where you want to go there. Oh, absolutely. That's how I've been cleaning up on these Chiefs. I will tell you. Exactly. The, I told you the Chiefs gimmick, right? Well, we were talking about USC betting them on the second yeah. half, but I'm doing the same with the Chiefs. Like once they go down a couple of scores, yes. first or second. Uh-huh. I'm able to get them on the plus 110, 115, 175, whatever, and, you know, double my money. Yes. So what I did was, remember the game against the Raiders when they were down 17 to nothing? Yeah. And we're sitting there, I'm going, the Chiefs are going to win this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you knew it. Even if you're watching, you're like 17, they're, they're going to win this game. I mean, yeah. you just see that they're playing okay. It's just a bounce didn't go their way, and the Raiders aren't playing well. 
So I got him in one of those games at plus 280. Oh, geez. I was like, well, click in there, you know. Um, yeah, that's been my gimmick on the Chiefs for the last couple of weeks now is I wait till they're down because you can live bet. So, okay, well, right. now the problem becomes if the Chiefs come out, they're a 10-point favorite. And if they score the first points, you're not going to be laying 10 now. You're going to be laying 15. So you right. don't want to touch it then. But if they get down seven or ten or seventeen, yeah, I done two weeks. I done two games in a row and cleaned up on the Kansas City Chiefs doing that. And it's I won't touch them beforehand. Yeah, no, it's absolutely what I did on Sunday. They were uh-huh. down ten to the 49ers, and it's like, oh, here's a little money there. Yep, I got a positive on that one too, and I was like, I'm just gonna jump all over because you knew they were gonna beat the 40. You could just tell by watching the flow of the game. Right. There was no point where you went, wow, this 49ers team taking it to them. It's different. You'll know when someone's taking it to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've seen the Mahomes, if you want to call it Mahomes magic, we've seen them come back from big you know, deficits, whether it's the Raiders two weeks ago or you know, the most famous one is in the playoffs to the Texans and they're down 21. You know, that one was kind of squirrely on the, on the Texans end. But it's the same theory. It's they're not win- they're not losing because they're playing bad. They're losing because- and they're not losing because the other team's playing good. There's just a couple of bounces that haven't gone their way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't do it, I didn't do it in the Buffalo game because that was one of those games where I was like, no, that this game could go either way. And exactly. so I'm not fucking with that. Yep. I stayed away from that game completely. I think at one point I actually took Buffalo minus three for the game. Might as well. Buffalo's Gotta head to your bets. <laughs> there it is. So you got those. I'll tell you what I've got. I only have one college football game because as you were talking earlier, you put Michigan State plus the points. This week, especially, there are so many huge spreads. Mm-hmm. And what I get worried about on huge spreads, and I'll give you some examples. Oregon's a 17-point favorite against Cal. Um, let me get a couple of them here. Florida State, minus 23 against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's a terrible team, but 23 points is a, is a ton. Yeah. Um, Ohio State's a 15-point favorite against, against Penn State. Look, Ohio's the best team in the country, in my view, and Penn State's not in their league, but 15's a lot because what happens, a team like Ohio State gets up 20 points, and then you get that cheap touchdown at the end of the game, the bad beat, the back door. Back door cover. <laughs> get it right in the back door. And it's like, ah, damn it. So yeah. I stay away from a lot of those big lines like that. I just don't even mess with it because, like last week on Tyler Jones's, I picked um, Alabama in the Alabama Mississippi State game. I picked Mississippi State plus 21. So I was like, they'll back door cover this thing for me. They didn't, but I mean, it's, I'm just not touching games like that. Yeah, totally understand that. Yeah. So I just, there's just too much that can happen. So uh, I stayed away from all those games. I've got Oklahoma State is going to K-State. Oklahoma State's getting the point and a half. Oklahoma State's a better team than K-State. Yes. I know K-State's had a couple of great games in a row. They've played really well, but it's against Oklahoma. They can't score a lot of points. I think Oklahoma State's going to beat K-State. I think Oklahoma State's the best team in the Big 12. I'm taking Oklahoma State plus the one and a half. Okay. Monday night, 
And we don't go that far out. For Monday night, Halloween, we got a special Bengals-Browns. Bengals are laying three. No Jamar Chase in this game. Right. Don't think it makes a lot of difference. I think Burrow's going to have a big game. Give me the Bengals minus three. Okay. My other pick hurts my heart. There is one team in the league that until last week was actually undefeated against the spread. And that was the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons going into last week were undefeated. They were six point underdog last week to the Bengals. I did not bet on the game because I did. I I was if I had gone to it, I was going to take um I would have taken the Bengals. But I was worried because I've seen the Falcons in these second halves get back into games, right? Do a lot of cover, a lot of backdoor stuff. This week the Falcons are playing the Panthers. The Panthers are really bad. Now the Panthers played great last week against the Bucks. Yep. But that's a bad Bucks team that's lost five in a row. That Panthers team is not very good. The Falcons run the football better than anybody in the league. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the Falcons minus four. Okay. And that's really the one I'm most confident in of the three. Nice. It hurts me to say that because I hate the Falcons. <laughs> the Falcons minus four. I think they're going to run it up on the Panthers. Literally run it up. It'll be, it'll be hard for the Panthers to stop that, that rushing attack. And Marcus Mariota's been great. I, I'm so pleased for his little renaissance that he's got going on. And um, let's see how long it lasts. All right. Yeah, he's – I like Marcus Mariota. I wish he wasn't a Falcon because a Saints fan. We don't like the Falcons. But, I, I you know, but at the same time, they, they're playing well. They're doing what they're supposed to do. If you're not as good a team, muddy up the game, play defense, and run the football. Well, and, and I'm – Go ahead. No, I was just saying, given, you know, he was benched in Tennessee, then he was the backup in Vegas, and now he's finally getting back in that starting position with um, Arthur uh, Smith. Smith's the coach, yeah. Yeah, um, who he had played with previously. I'm just – I'm excited – for him to kind of have this go around because it's, I don't know, you see the Heisman winners sometimes burn out and that kind of stuff or just never actually hit in the NFL, especially when they're quarterbacks. So, I mean, this evolution as a player has been kind of interesting. Yeah. Marcus Mariota is that guy also that, you know, when he got into the NFL, he's just not who NFL teams want in style. He's yep. not dropped back 40 times, bomb you out of the out of the yard like a, like like Brady was, like Burrow is, like Herbert can be, like Mahomes can be, those mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, so that that is a little different and strange in that case. I agree with you, but I think he's found a good spot. See, I yeah. thought he was gonna have a good spot with the Raiders. I really did. And the Raiders were just so hardcore on Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. I I said two seasons ago, I thought they should have cut Derek Carr and kept Marcus Mariota, even if it was for just a season to see what they got. Because right. when they did use him, he was really effective. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta brought him in to say, hey, look, you're not going to be our guy forever. You're going to be our guy for this year, maybe next year. Mm-hmm. We're going to draft a quarterback because everyone does. And now he's kind of fucking with the plan because their plan was to be bad. 
And right now, the winner of that Panthers-Falcons game is in first place, the NFC South. Does that mean that the team that's leading will actually have a winning record? No. Okay. No, I think it is. Let me pull it up here. I don't want to be you – know, due to the Bucks losing last night on Thursday Night Football, the winner of that game will go into first place. The Bucks were tied. Um, but let me get it pulled up. Here we go. Coming into this week, the Bucks and the Falcons were tied at three and four. The Bucks have now lost. If the Falcons win, they'll be four and four. They'll be five hundred. Okay. I didn't think they'd win four games all season. Um, Carolina is sitting at two and five. New Orleans is at two and five. Ugh. Saints are playing like the Aints. And the, the year the Saints are having, they're going to have a top five pick. And guess what they did? They traded it. Yeah, right now, they'd have the number six pick in the draft, and it's the Eagles pick. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing how things work out. Um, yeah, so if Carolina were to win, it would force a three-way tie, but then the tiebreakers currently would put Carolina at first in the playing division. Because okay. uh, they'll have beaten both the Bucks and the Falcons. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's bad. They're, they're a bad team. And and they played great last week. I mean, they they just took it to the they the Panthers took it to the Bucks early. Yes. Twenty one in the first half. It was like, what the hell? And you yeah. can't Tom Brady's not capable now to bring a team back. And no. in that game, he threw the ball 49 times and ran it seven. Exactly. Can do that. Yeah. Um, a couple of trades happened in the NFL. We'll knock that out real quick here. So um, a couple of big ones. Robert Quinn got traded to the Eagles from the Bears, which I wanted to bring up briefly because, one, it shows the Eagles, they're going after it. They're saying that now is the time. Yep. They just did what the what they did with the Rams did last year, trading for Von Miller. Mm-hmm. And – what also hit me and surprised me in that trade was how little they had to give up to get him. It was a fourth-round pick. Robert Quinn, they, in the offseason, they were trying to negotiate a contract. The Bears lowballed him. There was a huge disturbance about this. Quinn was going to hold out. Mm-hmm. He did the hold-in thing instead. And they just couldn't come to an agreement on a contract. The Bears wouldn't budge at all. Robert Quinn's been great for the Bears. Yeah. And there were teams that were trying to trade for him during training camp. And the Bears wouldn't talk to him. And teams were offering a first-round pick. Right. How bad a job are you doing as a GM when this happens? So I think that there's just – there's something that we don't know that's going on within the organization. Um, I don't know if it has to do with – them moving facilities, if that's actually going to happen, moving out to Arlington Heights, if it's the new coaching staff, um, new GM, like, I'm just not sure that everyone has gotten their feet underneath them. And I think part of it maybe too, with they're trying to figure out if Justin Fields is their guy. Yeah. Because He's played pretty well in certain circumstances, but he's still making a lot of mistakes. He is. He played fantastic on Monday. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I would, I would be curious for people who have more insight into that yeah. as to what's going on. Yeah. And then the other trade that happened this week, oh, when I don't have it up here, I'll make sure I get the names right. Our Chiefs. The Chiefs made a trade, bringing in a wide receiver from the Giants. Now, yes. you told me that a Giants receiver was coming. I would have thought it was Odell Beckham. Um, but, no, the Chiefs made the trade to bring in – oh, God dang it. Why can't I give his name now? Again, great job by me. Sorry. I should yeah. have been prepared. Anyways. Oh, so, yeah. Really... It... Go ahead. The... Chiefs make a trade. They bring in another wide receiver. There had been talk, you know, Travis Kelsey restructured his contract about right. two weeks ago. And uh, Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. Yeah, is who the Chiefs bring in. Yep. Really good idea. I mean, look, you, just, you need more bullets in the gun. That's that's just what this is. Uh, Chiefs offense has played really well. They, and, and you bring in another bullet in the gun. It's, I, I agree with this at all. They didn't have to give up too much to do it. Um, there have been rumors that the reason Travis Kelsey had restructured his contract was to give salary cap room to go sign Odell Beckham. I think oh. it could still happen. Well, the cap space is not as big now in taking on Tony's contract. They didn't give up any players to give up picks in the deal. Um, it looks like the Odell Beckham thing is a two a two dog race. And it looks like it's the Chiefs and the Bills. I mean, Kelsey was on the pregame yeah. shows on Fox, openly lobbying. Yeah. Lobbying for, for Odell Beckham. Yeah. Yeah. If one of those two teams gets Odell Beckham, it's going to be a tremendous upgrade. You know, a year ago when this happened, he was coming off of an injury, yep. and he wasn't quite ready, and then the Rams go get him. And there were people were like, well, though he was traded to the Rams mm-hmm. in the deal and from Cleveland. And people were like, well, you know, he's been a head case in Cleveland and everything going on there. And now we right. find out that it was Baker that was the issue, not Odell Beckham. Beckham plays incredibly good in LA. They win the Super Bowl. And then he gets tears his ACL the Super Bowl. Right. Now he's he's not, he's not under contract. He was on the one year deal. He's he's out he's out of his contract. So now he's going to sign somewhere for the mm-hmm. remainder of this, at some point. We knew he probably wouldn't be ready till like week eight or week ten at the earliest. He's just going to cherry pick this. They go to the best team to win. Yeah, they might as well. Well, and the trade deadline is the first. Yeah, but they don't. But Beckham can be signed. He's not under contract anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Like. That's why I'm just kind of thinking through some of these things is that there are yeah. moves over the weekend and on Monday leading yeah. into Tuesday. And, you know, the, the exciting thing about Tony is for folks who have been watching the Chiefs, their punt return, um, you know, some of their special teams have been questionable. Sky yeah. Moore yeah. coming in as a rookie has had a lot of problems yeah. handling the ball. Pacheo did a great job last week on his punt returns and was doing good. They stuck in more, more, you know, pooched it and yeah. it muffed the punt. And 
Tony can go back there and do punt returns too and get on that special team side and you get some better hands in there, which is something that they're going to need throughout the rest of the season. I think that played a reason on making that trade as well. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I don't know that it totally takes the Chiefs out of the Odell Beckham uh, situation, but it does minimize it a little bit. Um, but I think to your point, adding Kadarius Tony to be the punt returner and to be another pistol on the another bullet in the pistol. I mean, yeah, they've got so many weapons. I mean, so many guys they can put on the field that you gotta have cover. And he's a deep threat guy. He's right. not Tyreek Hill, but he can fill that role once in a while. Let's just stop talking about Tyreek and the Chiefs. Yeah. yeah it, well, because we've already, you know, and I was talking about it last week when we were talking about and it was like look, we knew this was going to happen. We talked about this at the beginning of the season. We said, look, right. there's going to be times where Mahomes isn't going to play well, but in the end, he's going to be better because of this. Yeah, absolutely. And we were watching the Chiefs game last week, and I made the same comment, and it was funny because then um, Tony Romo says the exact same thing like a minute later. Right. And then just looked at me and was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you might be right. And I'm like, I know I'm right. Right. <laughs> I don't need I don't need Tony Romo to tell me I'm right. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Chiefs are going to be coming off a bye next week. Um, I will tell you that they're playing the Titans. That's going to be on Sunday Night Football. And everyone's going to hear next week that Andy Reid is undefeated off a bye. Yep. And so I would – I'm not encouraging everybody to go bet on Caesars and bet their mortgage payment, but I might be laying a larger bet than normal on the on the Chiefs next week. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean it's the Titans aren't very good right now. No, they struggle. Uh, let's jump out of football for a minute. We're going to jump back in in a minute, but I I want to talk about something going on that uh, kind of in the world. Um. Kanye West. I, um, I'm going to be real blunt about this. Because um, it happened to me again yesterday. I, I, we talk about, people talk about mental health a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had mental health issues. I've had a lot of them in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, and you and I are friends away from this. You, we, I've talked about that. Yep. Um, I'll be real blunt. Just yesterday, I had an afternoon where I just couldn't function. Oh, yesterday and was horrible for me. Yeah, yeah, and it was—I just couldn't function. But I—I I was thinking about it, and I was. Kanye West came out what, about a week and a half, two weeks ago now, and made some anti-Semitic comments, and and sponsors started dropping him, endorsement deals were going away, and then there was a lot of pressure on Adidas to drop the the Yeezy line, and that, and it has been done now. Yes. Um, yeah. And I'm one who was like, hey, Adidas, your silence speaks a lot here, especially if you know where Adidas came from. Um, you know, how Adidas got started was, you know, a German company that, you know, kind of outfitted the Nazis. But, they did. Yeah. It's an interesting story if you ever go back to see the two brothers who started Adidas. One started Adidas and one started Puma. Right. It's, a great, it's an interesting story. And neither of them were Nazis. It was just that they were, like anyone else, they were 
clothing company back in that time period. Um, but the silence is kind of deafening, and we know that the Adidas doesn't have a, a CEO right now. They have to get a new CEO. They're getting in the middle of hiring a new CEO. It's a huge deal. Their mm-hmm. stock price started tumbling. Yeah. And they make the decision. If your stock price loses 15%, they just make the decision they're going to cut Kanye. And I heard defenders of Kanye West saying, well, he's not taking his meds. It's a mental health issue. No. I, I'm going to say it like this. And you just said no really quickly. And I feel <laughs> the same way. Um, I have mental health issues. I take a couple of meds. I know a lot of people who struggle with mental health issues. It doesn't make us anti-Semites. It doesn't make us uh, racist. It doesn't make us, you know, just shitty people. And I think we've seen with Kanye West, his behavior the last couple of years has just been shitty person behavior. I I agree with that. Um, it was interesting having this discussion with Nicholas as him being an almost 13 year old and, and learning about some of this stuff. And he's just like, oh, there's no more Yeezys. And I was like, well, he's kind of a hateful person. So do you really kind of think that that's a bad thing? Um, yes, he's bipolar. Yes, he goes on and off his meds. I'm not a medical professional, but to your point, going off your meds does not make you an asshole or hateful. And, um, you know, he was at fashion week in Paris, I believe it was. And he was wearing that white lives matter shirt before he started doing this, uh, road tour of podcasts and radio shows where he was just like, Adidas can come at me. Cause I'm just going to straight out say I'm anti-Semitic. Yeah. And go ahead. I'm sorry. And to your point, you know, the time that they took says something, but I would also say that they were very clear when they made the announcement that this was going to be a huge financial hit for them in 2022, like a quarter of a billion dollars. And they divulged that. Yeah. And maybe some of it, and I don't know, was trying to figure out, was there a different exit strategy where they went lead out that way? And then when they did, they just need, you know, come out and say, hey, we're taking a hit for this because I don't think many of the other sponsors were taking anything like Adidas. No, I agree. Taking on I agree them. 100%. Yeah, so let's be clear. I mean, like when he said that the... the the, the damning one was to say was when he said, hey, I can make anti-Semitic comments and Adidas won't do anything about it. Yep. That was the damning. That was the one where it's like, okay, now you know you're an asshole. And I've, okay, I'm going to say this a couple ways. One, the guy is brilliant in music. Yes. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I like his early stuff. His newer yep. stuff the last few years, I have not liked. I have Agreed. not liked his stuff the last few years. Maybe that's part of it because I'm getting older. But I like hip-hop music. I just don't like a lot of his stuff. And maybe because I've seen the way he behaves, I don't like him. Well, after Donda, like Donda is the split line. 
Yes. That that's album is the split line. Yeah. And what I will say is, and I know he lost his mother and there was a lot of issues he's had since then. But when you say things like that, that's what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. You don't make comments like that that aren't who you are. And I do believe you look at some of the things he's done. He, he has bipolar behavior. And I'm not a doctor, but you can, anybody can see going back to when he walked on stage with um, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. I could get those two mixed up. Taylor Swift. You know, going back to that, going back, it's like, hey, I'm Kanye West. I'm this big, huge celebrity. In my opinion, means more than anyone else's. Mm-hmm. And what I'll say, you know, he's made these comments about slavery in the past, that slavery was a choice made by Black people for 400 years. Um, nah, bro. Nah, you're not on the right side of history on that one either. No, and it's also wild considering he was on national TV post-Katrina saying George Bush hated Black people. Yes, absolutely. And it, to me, it's dumbfounding that people at his people haven't gotten with him and said, hey, hey, you need to fuck up. Because you're sinking the whole ship. And now they, he has sunk the whole ship. They, they can't control him. And and I get it. I mean, he's a loose cannon. At this point, he's a bridge too afar, for, I think, for about anybody. I, I can't support him on anything he says. I, the guy's a musical genius. Mm-hmm. But maybe he's just a savant at that. And then doesn't know shit about anything else in this world. Maybe he's been so sheltered in that in his life now that he has not opened up to see what's going on in the world today. A lot of the Trump stuff, you know, it, it you know, he was going to run for president on his own and this and that. And it's like, okay, you say these big things, but you don't have anything to back yourself up. You, you it, there's nothing wrong with using your celebrity to help others. Actually, that's kind of a cool thing to do. Sure. But if you want to become president or if you want to support Donald Trump because you think that he's right, well, get out and talk about it and say, hey, here's what I think he's right about. You got your title to your opinion. Sure. There's plenty of celebrities out there who are entitled to that are, you know, far right wing jobs and and have supported this. But here, Kanye will say something. He's in support of him because of this. But then when tested back about something, he'll go, oh, I, no, no, no. I, I just believe this. It, it's very one vision, tunnel vision. You know, he's the guy that a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, said he doesn't read books because it's boring. Now, look, I'm not saying I'm the greatest reader and I have dyslexia, but look, if you don't read, you're not going to learn. I mean, it's, you don't have to be a book a, a bookworm in, in, in reading the greatest things ever, but read something. Keep your, you know, do, it's fucking comic books. I don't care. If you just refuse to read, this guy opened a school? It's, a, it's not closed. It's closed. Yeah, we know that now. It's closed. But I want to know who the parents were that sent their kids to the Kanye school. To a non-accredited. A non-accredited. Where you non- had to sign a, you had to sign a, a um, an NDA that you wouldn't it, talk about. And it was a religious-based school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, academy. Yeah. I don't know. 
listen, um, to my mind, he's wiling. He can do whatever and say whatever he wants. Um, I think he reflects perhaps a portion of our uh, society, which has become prone to conspiracy theories and mm-hmm. gone down those rabbit holes. Yeah. And has changed their life because of it. I don't know that to be true, but you see similar kinds of behaviors from some of our <laughs> middle class, older white folk who. Mm-hmm have fallen into Q and 4chan and 8chan and whatever chan is out there right now, true social, all this kind of stuff. So it feeds into whatever he chooses to believe. Yeah. And you talk about that. And, and I think that's a great, great point when you look at that. And it's the same thing I'm talking about with Kanye. So he doesn't read, yeah. you know, it's because this narrow focus and people who don't, who just get their stuff from one side or yeah. one person, Look, I admit I'm more liberal than I am conservative, but I understand that there's some right and wrong with some things, and I and I need to know more. I want to learn more. You know, do I agree with everything that that Democrats do? No. You know, I don't agree with hardly anything Donald Trump does, and right. I think he's hurting our country more than anything else. But you know, people like Kanye are saying, "Well, here's what I believe, and I'm done," mm-hmm. and. It's just narrow-mindedness. And yeah. it's, 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 willing, it's willingly being ignorant. Yes. Whether you're a lower middle-class white person watching Fox News or a multi-millionaire who is, happens to be an entertainer. And again, talented. guy's talented, no doubt. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't think the guy's talented because I do. But... It really has rubbed me the wrong way, a lot of his stuff. And I'm glad Adidas, you know, got rid of their sister, pardon me, their relationship with him. Yes. His was now closed, um, you know, but I do think it's a cop-out to hide behind the idea of mental health. I think for him especially, yes. Yeah. Because for him, it's a tool, essentially, that he's just like, I'm going to go do and say whatever I want to, because this has worked in the past. Yeah. And perhaps these are manic episodes. I don't know. Um, But from what I understand from other folks who are also bipolar, this kind of shit doesn't happen just because you're bipolar. No, no. Um, If you want to see something funny about it though, you know who Charlemagne the God is, right? Yep. Have you seen him discussing Kanye yet? I have not, no. Oh, my God. I encourage you to get on. you find it on Twitter. You can Google it. Charlemagne the God. Uh, it all happened with this whole thing of, you know, hey, let's be honest. Kanye lost his mother. Yep. Him and Kim Kardashian got divorced. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of stuff. So you can, hey, you give me that look, but look. Think about even in a world where you know celebrities. He lost, he lost his mom years ago. Okay, I don't know how long ago it's been, but then you know he and Kim have been divorced for several years, and he just likes to threaten Pete Davidson yeah. while they were together. 
So the, the Charlemagne the God thing has to do with Pete Davidson. So it was, um, you know, Kim Kardashian was obviously dating Pete Davidson. And I guess Kanye called up Charlemagne the God. And Charlemagne the God tells the story in a great way. He says that um, he says that Kanye called him and said, you've got to help me. You've got to help me. Kim is dating a white guy with a 10 with a 10 inch dick. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he's like, he, 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 he's telling the story. So like, he, he said it again and again. And he yeah. was like, brother, what you want me to do? And he was like, well, you know, Pete, tell him to stay away from Kim. And, and, and yeah, you're right. All the stuff that Kanye was saying and doing about Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian dating, you know, again, why is it any of his fucking business? He was, he was insane. Like he was threatening he was Pete Davidson's life. Yeah. Who is known to have mental health issues and been very public about his mental health issues. Yeah. You know, he came out and said, hey, I'm dealing with this. And then this asshole comes along. You know, so I, I'm Team Pete Davidson on this. Word. If you get a chance, Charlemagne to God, it's hilarious. You see him tell the story. Um, uh, yeah, it's. And I don't it, know if this is true, but I did see via Twitter, and it may have just been a meme thing, that now uh, Pete Davidson is the face of Adidas, which would be, you know. I think that was a Twitter goof. Yeah, I think that I was think somebody. Yeah, I saw that too. I thought that was hilarious too. Yeah, <laughs> Adidas has hired Pete Davidson mm-hmm. to start a line of shoes. Right. I have wondered how Pete Davidson gets some of these women he's dated because he's not a great looking man, but he's, he's famous very, and he's, he's, very he's average. He, yeah, but he looks like he'd be charming as fuck too, though. He yeah. looks like the kind of guy that if you met him, he'd probably be charming as hell. Yeah. But, you know, and then there was the, the singer who came out and said, yeah, he's put together down there. Ariana you know, Grande? That's who it was. That's who I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah. So yep. good for Pete Davidson, you know. Absolutely. I, I wish I could be in the same boat with you there, brother. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. But yeah, I just, I want to jump on the Kanye thing. Now, speaking of Kanye, who is legitimately crazy, I want to talk about someone who I think is in the sports world crazy. What the fuck is Russ doing? You know, listen, I don't know. I've been thinking about this for a couple of days. On top of him doing uh, high knees in the aisle of the plane as they go to London to get their ass handed to him early Sunday morning our time. The athletic story where he supposedly has said that pooping takes too much time. And so he has somehow trained his body to only evacuate things one to two times a week, which I think would be awful. Um, I don't know. And it's, it's interesting, even tying it back to Tom Brady, LeBron James, I'm just Googling this. Like all of this stuff that these athletes can avail themselves to, to keep them in peak performance, to um, help recover their bodies quicker. But there's a weird mental thing that goes into that, that I'm glad that I guess I'm not as good of an athlete that I'd want to do this stuff. 
but yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know. And of course the Broncos suck. So it's just kind of like, how, how is you not, you know, you shitting twice a week. How is that making okay. you quicker on the field? Okay. Here's what I'm going to get. I've just been, I Googled the poop things. I hadn't heard all that. That is the, that is not true. That is, uh, that, I know it was in the athletic story. Yep. Thing out, but from part of my take, that's saying that the interview of Russell Wilkin hacking his body and his poop is literally unusual. Um, they're saying that this is not, that that is not true. That he's well, not doing that, that, that makes me feel better for Russ because yeah. I think that's a weird, um, it, it would screw up your system a lot. Yeah. yeah. It would explain why DK Metcalf has to get carried off on the cart to go to the bathroom. Um, but, um, but yeah, it, um, Russ has been sh- strange behavior and Russell Wilson have gone hand in hand for a couple of years now. Oh, no, no, uh, more than a couple. Yeah. I mean, going back to, I mean, like he, you know, he, he kind of talks two different ways. He kind of behaves two different ways. He's, I don't know that in, it's hard for a white, a white guy to say this, but he's courting. He is, and there's there is nothing beyond that. And 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 now the story came out this week of the eight hour flight. You you alluded to it from Denver to London. Mm-hmm. He supposedly spent four hours of the flight working out in the aisle. Wherein last night the Ravens totally dropped him yeah on social media about that yeah so i'm sitting there and i'm hearing this story and i'm going to people are saying um the report was saying while his teammates slept and the first thing i thought of and then pat mcafee said it yesterday on his pod on his show uh his teammates weren't sleeping (laughs) they were trying to sleep correct it's one of those things where you know you can be a leader but sometimes you can't forcefully be a leader. It's like he's trying to force being the leader by doing it. Is, it comes out when he does things like this, Muscle Wilson. It comes out because he's uh, uh, kind of courting this. It doesn't come out genuine. No. It comes off looking like he's trying to be the guy when being the guy, you just are. You just. If you're the quarterback of the team and you're the lead, if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you're Tom Brady, if you're, um, you know, Maybe get Patrick a better Mahomes. example. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if you are the guy, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, you're the guy. You just are the guy. You don't have to go in and and pump everybody up. That's you know, like the whole Broncos Nation. Let's ride. You know. You don't see that at the end of the interview when you just lost. No. You know, it's cute when um, when Ed Ogeron was saying, go Tigers. But he kept winning. It wasn't as good when it was losing. You know, the same thing. It, it's Russ is trying really hard and, and, and blessing for trying. Sure. But it comes off insincere. Well, and we've talked about this in previous weeks. I think he came into a coaching situation that was not designed for him. 
I'm sure there has been struggles around that. You've got new ownership, new leadership within the franchise all the way around. And it's just, I, I don't know. Um, he's going to have to produce on the field. I'm pretty sure Hackett will be fired at the end of the season. Yeah. And there's talk that he might get fired if they don't win in London. And then it's okay. Do you put in another coach and do you discover that it's actually Russ and not the coaching or is it the coaching and Russ is okay? I, I don't know. Well, either way. We talked about the, I talked about this on um, on Tyler Jones's podcast this week. Mm-hmm. We talked the length about Russell Wilson, and it's one of those things where look, you got the head coach who was brought in to bring in Aaron Rodgers, correct? He didn't, and you got the quarterback who they really settle on, and then they pay that quarterback a quarter of a billion dollars. They extended him one game into the season. Yeah, so when you do that, you can't get rid of him. No. Someone has to go. It's got to be the coach. Yep. The coach is gone. I mean, he, he can go ahead and just start sleeping on a cot because he's not going to be going home anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Just get ready to go home permanently and you'll be done. Collect your check. Thank you for playing. <laughs> um, but the decision to give Russell Wilson an extension, that also had to be done because of the nature of the trade and everything else. But he's played so poorly. Yes. And he really hasn't played well the last two or three seasons. Now, he hasn't been bad. Don't get me wrong. But he's not played worthy of a quarter billion dollar extension. Well, and he was out the entirety of last season with an injury. Yeah. yeah. So this is his first time back. But as I've heard other people comment, what did Pete Carroll know that the rest of us are just finding out? I think what Pete Carroll knew was that the one time he was successful at winning the Super Bowl, Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. was because well, they got there twice. They won it once, they lost once. Right. Was because they had an outstanding once every 10 year defense, a running back who was fucking phenomenal. Yep. Then a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over. Uh-huh. Russ does not turn the ball over much. Now, he has lately because he's trying to do too much. Correct. He's just not capable. He's not physically capable of doing some of the things that most of these quarterbacks who are the top-line quarterbacks can do. That doesn't mean he's bad. It just means that he can't do that. Marcus, he, he's – Russell Wilson is better than Marcus Mario, mm-hmm. better than Ryan Tannehill. But he's not, he's not Drew Brees. You know, if you want to go back to a few years ago, the guy who's similar in size, you Uh know, he's just not capable of making those plays. And that doesn't mean that he's not capable of winning. You just have to win a certain way. Problem is with quarterback, you have to pay them so much money. And this is what the Seahawks knew. Seahawks knew this. They went, when they, when they paid Russ, what happened? They had to split up the Legion of Boom. Yep. And when they did that, they knew that, okay, we're going to have to see if Russ can be the guy. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been. Pete Carroll knew what he was doing. You know, and I know that, and we've seen this before. I mean, we saw, 
Oh, we saw it with Tom Brady. I mean, I'm not. People, I got in this argument with somebody this week. Who won between Belichick and Brady? People were saying Brady won because he went to Tampa and he won the, won the Super Bowl. Okay. But Belichick has been the guy his entire career that said, I'd rather get rid of a player a year early than a year late. Sure. This is why. No, absolutely. And I think the thing that we're seeing with the all of the aging quarterbacks in the NFL, frankly, they are being put in situations where they have to do too much because of front office changes, um, head coaching changes, trades, you know, systems that they're not used to being in because you've got the top three guys right there, Brady, Rogers, and Wilson, and everyone's just kind of throwing up their hands like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know the guy you could also include in that argument now. You could throw Matt Ryan. You throw Matt Ryan in that argument. He just got benched. Yeah. And it's like, okay, um, that's four guys who you can argue are all four Hall of Famers. Yeah. Now I I don't think Matt Ryan should be in the Hall of Fame, but he's he has won an MVP and he's had phenomenal stats his whole career. You could even maybe put Matt Stafford in that group as well right now. The well, staffers not played well. And all of them because they've all been asked to do too much, like you said. Yep. I mean, it's you cannot expect. I mean, if you look even like early in the season, the Bengals were asking Joe Burrow to do too much. They're still mm-hmm. asking him to do too much. And they're going to because they don't run the football. Right. It, it's not a coincidence that teams that run the football win. It's Russ just, had Marshawn. He had, he yeah. had Lynch. And, and Lynch won them playoff games. You know, Brady had not one back, but he had a constant barrage of backs that were great matchups. Yeah. And really good defenses. And Brady played fantastic for a lot of those years. I'm not trying to minimize that. Aaron Rodgers, same thing. You know, he played fantastic. And I think he's one of the all-time greats. They don't run football either. And when they did, they were better. And then you look at Matt Ryan, he goes into a situation where they might have the best back in the league. Mm-hmm. He's just been a bloody fucking awful turnover machine. Well, that's been his always. Right? He's all. Yeah. And he's what, plus 15 in turnovers at this point oh, already? He is the he has the most uh interceptions in the league. It, it's it's ridiculous. There's a reason they're sitting him. He's a he's a he's a negative to the team. And it's not even interceptions, it's fumbles, too. He's fumbling the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's – and Matt Stafford turning the ball over a lot. It's – they're asking these guys to do too much. We've been talking about it for weeks now. That if – you know, even if – unless you've got two or three – the dude. Josh Allen is the dude. Mahomes is the dude. Even Jalen Hurts, he's not the dude. But you know what the Eagles do? They don't ask him to do too much. Right. And he, he's only gotten better every single year. Yeah. You know, that's what's going to, that's what's hurting Justin Herbert right now. It's what's hurting Joe Burrow. You have to put the pieces around these players and yeah. not just think that it has to lie on their shoulders. Yeah. It, 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 this game is not set up to where one quarterback will win the game for you. Correct. 
not going to happen. No. And really and truly, it really never has been. No. But it's gotten more wide receiver driven in part, frankly, because of fantasy football and people complaining and everyone wants that highlight reel. And it's really kind of weird, but it's kind of the truth. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a great take that the wide receiver thing is a lot to do with fantasy football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, I hadn't really put it that together like that. I think that's (laughs) a good idea. Well, think about it because it's not sexy to hand a guy the 20 carries. Right. You want to be able to say, hey, great. I just picked up 30 yards with a touchdown on my wide receiver. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. You, can, you can get like a, a Jamar Chase can have six catches for 150 yards. Exactly. Well, want to have a Joe Mixon have to carry the ball 28 times to get 100 yards. Well, but if and then, he carries the ball 28 times, he should have near 150 yards. And then all of a sudden you get your running backs that are running out to the flank and catching balls, but that doesn't get counted towards yards for a running back because they're not on the ground. It's a reception. Reception, yeah. So. Yeah. Although the last, we, there was one trade we didn't talk about. We haven't talked about it because it was last week that it happened. We didn't record last week. And that was uh, the 49ers getting um Christian uh, McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Yep. Um this made a lot of sense to me. <laughs> it's another one of those what's the GM thinking you're not getting enough in return? How do you not get a first round pick for McCaffrey? That franchise right now is in free fall and they're just fire sailing everything. Everything. I mean if you're if you see that deal you've got to be calling them saying what do you want for DJ Moore? You know, what do you want for this guy? This guy, I did see a thing where one of the linebackers, someone offered him a first-round pick, and they were like, nope, nope. They want to keep it on their young linebackers. But, no, I'm, if I'm a GM right now, I'm calling every day between now and next Tuesday when the trade deadline happens, and I'm asking about everybody. Anybody yeah. worth having on my roster, I'm asking. I mean, why not? I, Carolina is in that free fall that you're just kind of like, oh, Okay. Yeah, I mean it's a complete rebuild. The, the staff's all gone. They're not going to have a. They're not going to have a. They have an interim coach, but it's not going to be that. He's not getting the full time job. No. Uh, lots of rumors on what they're going to try to do. It's PJ Walker is now the quarterback. I mean, it's just amazing uh, what's going on there. Baker Mayfield's not even going to play. I mean, he's QB two. He, he he's not going to see the field, barring injuries. Um, but McCaffrey going to the 49ers, talk about a round peg in the round hole. I mean, this is the guy you need. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and I mean, for him, it's he's going back to his old stopping grounds with having gone to school at Stanford. And, you know, it's, it's an easy fit. Yeah, it's a great fit, I think. I think that it's a great trade because if the 49ers are going to move – and be and elevate as a team, it's going to have to be behind just the absolutely superior run game, like superior to anything else in the league because their quarterback's terrible. Well, and that's what you were saying on Monday, that you were just like, Jimmy G is not a good quarterback, but bringing this piece in can create the illusion of it. Yeah, Yeah. watch what's going to happen. So his – Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers are going to get better. 
mm-hmm. because they're going to run the ball more, but then they're also going to throw the ball to McCaffrey. So his completion exactly. is going to go up. His QBR is going to go up. Yep. And I'm going to be fighting with Uncle Rico about he's going to be like Garoppolo because he likes Garoppolo. And I think Garoppolo is trash. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have PJ Walker than Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't think he's a good quarterback at all. But he's one of those guys that, again, you can't ask him to do a whole lot. No. And especially given what the offseason scenario was in San Francisco. So. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I mean, they're they're stuck with who they're stuck with. And so they make a couple of deals. To make that deal was interesting to me because it says, okay, we have to double down the run game. And I, I do expect, as a league, we're going to see the running backs become more valuable again in the next couple of years. Look at – I know he's hurt now, but look at what Brees Hall was doing with the mm-hmm. Jets. Oh, my God. I mean, he was the only real top-line running back in this past yeah. draft, and he didn't go to the second round, and he came right in and was awesome. I, I felt like I literally was watching and when I heard when they came across that Brees Hall got hurt, I was like, I literally went, no! Yeah. Really loud. And not because I'm a Jets fan. I'm not a Jets fan at all. But I root for guys like that. Yeah. Guys who come in and have instant success because they've worked hard and because running back steps, such a short shelf life. Yeah. Like, I just, man, that was, that. That's, it's just a shame to see that in a young player. So, I. Uh, I have found as I get older that my, when I watch football, and I watch a lot of football, mm-hmm. the worst part for me is player getting hurt. Like, oh, I used to be like, oh, so fuck it, move on. But now I'm totally not like that. I'm like, oh, man. You know, I don't want – even if it was a player I don't like. Yeah. Because I don't want to see professional players get hurt because it hurts their careers and their lives. Yeah. I don't like seeing young people getting hurt in the NFL or in college and or in high school because they're not getting paid to be there. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, man, you know, the Brees Hall thing really upset. I was like, really? I mean, he just ran that kickback for a touchdown. And I was like, mm-hmm. this guy's fucking awesome. This guy is he's incredible. He might be a rookie of the year candidate. Right. There's ACL. I'm like, Ugh. oh. I, it just, the older I get, the more sympathetic I'm becoming with those sort of things. And I guess that's a good thing, though. It's not, it it's not tough guy, oh, next man up. I mean, you have to kind of be next man up come Monday, but in the moment, you got to be like, oh, man. So, yeah. Well, hey, I, I told you we would stay in a certain window of time today, so we're going to stay in that certain window of time. We're going to get out of <laughs> here. Um, I want to <laughs> – um, oh, shit, where are my notes here? Uh, thanks for coming on today, as always. Really, it's been that kind of day. Um, thanks for coming on as always. I appreciate it. I'm so sorry we haven't been able to do last two Fridays. But we're back. Right. We'll get back on this. So my time is getting a little easier. The uh the old OAGKS.com, it gets a little slower here at O'Connor Advisor Group in November and December. Hint hit the people. If you need something, let me know. But uh, here I'm planning taken care of. Yeah. Oh man. If you got any of the year stuff you need help with, it's, it's the best time. We're at Halloween. Are you dressing up for Halloween, Ellen? God, no. I haven't dressed up since uh, law school. Okay. I don't dress up for Halloween. I'll, 
I'll be sitting in the uh, living room, passing out candy, yelling at the screen, hoping Joe Burrow plays well. Yep, I'll be doing the same. Yeah, so I do. I I, I do enjoy giving the kids candy, but I have noticed there's a lot less of it going on now. Well, I don't even know where Nicholas is going to be because he goes out with friends in other neighborhoods. So, I guess the proliferation of trucker treats is huge. I've never done one. It's for the little kids. I, I don't. I know. Mine's a mine's a big kid in many ways. <laughs> and he's barely a kid anymore. He's not a kid anymore. Twenty years old. He's a, he's a he's a man now. Exactly. Well, thanks again. Uh, thanks, Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. We appreciate every five-star review. Uh, until Monday, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great weekend. We your time talking to non-refundable. Take care, everybody.